Well, hello, everyone. For the podcast on Fridays, we are dedicating Friday to prayer and fasting. And we are actually recording this late Thursday evening. So hello, Mrs. Bailey. Hello. How are you this evening? Doing well. Really? So It's the, been a long day. <laughs> so the kids are finally down. We finally Bailey. have a moment to pause. And stop and reflect. On the long day it has been. <laughs> How good are you at taking time to pause and reflect? Oh, I'm horrible. Now, is this just the reality of the season of life you're in, or is it something? No, it's it's like a problem. I, I rarely stop and and reflect. I need to do it more. Yeah, I don't think either of us are very good at pausing to reflect. And and so what I wanted to do today is each week we're dedicating time to prayer, but we're also looking at different ways throughout church history and different tools and resources to help us develop a vibrant prayer life. Mm-hmm. And what I want us to walk through today is a prayer exercise that has a long historical pedigree, and is called the Prayer of Examine. And so the Prayer of Examine is where you take time to pause and you reflect on your day, on your week, on your life. So a little background, the Prayer of Examine first. So a little background, the Prayer of Examine that we're going to use comes from Ignatius. Now, does the name Ignatius ring a bell? (laughs) Deer in the headlights over here. I do not know. So Ignatius is not someone that's very familiar to especially Protestant or Reformed mm-hmm. Christians. So I, he's not someone I'd had much contact with. But recently I've been reading through his spiritual exercises. And Ignatius, um, he was converted in 1521. So 1521 from Spain. He was actually, in essence, a medieval knight from Spain so if you've ever read Don Quixote and kind of that world, that's the world he lived in. He lived in that uh, chivalric, valiant. Um, he was a knight. He was filled with personal vanity and audacity, and he had this great gift of leadership, and he was going to make his name known through deeds of renown. And he was wounded in battle, and... uh the Battle of Pampalonia, and as he was recovering in the hospital, he uh, spent his time reading the Gospels, um, reading a book called The Life of Christ and another book on the lives of the saints. And while he was recovering from his near-death experience, his battle wounds, his imagination was captured. And he got captured by this idea that what it, what if you could be a knight for Christ? 
and go on adventures for Jesus. And so he was resolved to follow the way of the saints. And he was captured by this idea that the most heroic life was the life of self-forgetful service, all for the glory of a great king. So that's what his life as a knight was dedicated to. And then Jesus captured his heart and his imagination. He said, what would a life be like of self-forgetful service and the glory for the glory of a great king? Then when uh, he healed up, he withdrew to the mountains, um, lived like a beggar, did this failed mission to the Holy Land, took vows of poverty and chastity and service, and uh, developed, you know, who became, became known as the... Uh, and so eventually developed the following of monks in um, the Catholic Church who became very significant in both missionary work and education, uh, became known as the Jesuits. So the Jesuits were drew out of him. But his book on called The Spiritual Exercises is a classic in developing the spiritual life. So it's a classic historical book on prayer. Um, but actually, if you read it, it's <laughs> remarkably boring because it's basically like a <laughs> recipe book. And most recipe books are not thrilling reading. You're not selling this. Well, I'm not trying <laughs> to sell it. It's not my book. The, I, wait till I write the book. That's the one I'll sell. I don't care if you buy this book or not. But it, it's, a, in essence, a recipe book. And for, you know, recipe books, you got to cook the food. And what this book is, is it's notes from a director who's leading a spiritual retreat. And the goal is to bring young men to a place of complete and total dedication to Christ, where they'd be willing to, to dedicate their whole life to him. And they would go away for a month, and they'd spend four weeks on kind of total immersion in meditating and praying through the scriptures. And they would actually do this every year, something they would do yearly. And the first week, it would be reflection on ourselves and our sins. So you'd slowly work through meditating through all these scriptures to reveal your own sin. Week two would be on the life of Christ and how there's, there's two banners that you can fight under. The banner of Christ or the banner of this world, the God of this world, who's, in essence, choose you this day who you will fight for. And then week three was all on the passion of Christ, his crucifixion. You'd meditate on that. And week four was on the glory and power of the resurrection. So you'd be gone for a whole month just meditating on these four things. And the whole idea is that in the end, you would be this knight for Christ. And um, the Ignatian spirituality, the approaches to prayer is one of the most popular um, kind of worldwide. And what he would teach them to do on these retreats, and they would do this every evening, they called the prayer of examine. And then once they would come home in their monasteries and the different places where they were in the world, is they would go through this every single night. And it was a way of pausing and reflecting and recounting and reordering your life to Christ, his gospel, his calling, what matters. And um, I don't think it's realistic, you know, maybe to... I don't think it's realistic for someone you do, you know, every evening, but there's, there's a long tradition of, you know, very godly people. This is one of the reasons they're very godly is they would do something like this every evening. But what I thought we would do is I would just walk you through the different prayers of examine 
um, you you will be able to tell that I've added a little rhetorical flourish to them to make them all flow like I like for these things to flow. But I think the best way you could use this prayer is at the end, you know, I will kind of walk you through a line and then maybe hit pause. And the best way to use a prayer of examine is maybe once a week, once a month, you know, you get away. The ideal way would be to get away with maybe whatever your beverage of choice is, fresh latte, whatever else it might be. And get some quiet time and quiet space with a pen and paper and just ask the Lord to help you reflect on your life to reorient it and and walk through these things. So this is a tool to help us reflect and reorient. How's that sound? I need it. All right, so we'll put these in the email, and there's five basic steps, five stages. And the first one is to recall So he would say the first thing you do is you recall. Recall that you are in the presence of the Lord. So that's where it begins. You remind yourself that you are in his presence. And the prayer of examine really is taking serious. So you take serious Psalm 139 where you ask God to search me, O God, and know me. And you realize it's good to come into the presence of the loving judge who will examine you. You come into his presence. And it's so important to enter into his presence open. You know, it's kind of like the joke we'll say, it's a whole lot easier to hug a dirty kid than it is a stiff kid. So you have to begin with the, po- the posture of openness. And it's the idea of test yourself. You know, before you drink the cup, each one should examine himself, test everything so you can hold on to the good. So it's a way of testing yourself. So first you recall that you're in the Lord's presence. And then you would say the next thing you, you ask is you ask the Holy Spirit to help you look at your life with love this day. Now, that's a very interesting phrasing. Why do you think he thinks we have to begin with asking the Holy Spirit to help us to look at our life with love? Yeah, this one's a hard one for me just because I think... For me personally, it is easy for me to extend grace to others, but it is really hard for me to um, extend grace to myself. And so in looking back on the day, I will be overly critical of what I've done and or what I've not done. So your first thought would be to go to either the ways you've failed, come up short, haven't completed yeah. the things you wanted to do, all the things you didn't get done that you would have liked yeah, to. Absolutely. And I think that's our tendency. And I think that's why it's so wise that he begins with asking to help to look, like help me look at my life through the loving eyes of a loving father Mm. who's good and is gracious Mm -hmm. and knows our failings and our frailty and our foibles better than we do. But um, but to look at our life, with it just kind of shifts the posture. Mm -hmm. And so that's where he begins, the recall. And then the next place he goes, number two, is you rejoice or you you have a time of thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. This so, one's easy for me. Much easier. <laughs> so is there one moment today for which you are most grateful? What was said or done that made that moment special? 
how else has God freely given life and love to you today? Give thanks for whatever you have experienced. And again, probably the best way to use this is after each question, just hit pause and take a few minutes to reflect and write. Then after you rejoice, you review. That's the third step. So he begins by asking you to review your day hour by hour. And some of the things he wants you to notice. He says, first, notice your thoughts, your motives, and your feelings. What dominated your thinking today? What motivated your behavior? How are you feeling? He says, notice your words and your actions. What did you say? What did you do? And then he says, notice where there was energy or life. What aspects of your day brought you joy, energy, life? And then where was there fatigue and weakness? And then the second main area, he would say, where were you most conscious of God's presence and action in your life? Some questions he would ask. Have I learned anything about God and his ways today in the ordinary moments? Did I meet him in fears, joys, work, misunderstandings, weariness, or suffering? Did his word come alive in prayer, scripture, or worship? Did I bring Christ to my community? Did they bring Christ to me? And then he would ask you to think about the barriers to God's presence. Where was there a barrier to God's presence? Is there some, some part of my life still untouched by Jesus Christ? And where is he calling me to a deeper change of heart? Where has this day revealed fears and shortcomings? sins and struggles in the midst of my effort to keep company with God. Isn't that an interesting phrase that he uses, to keep company with God? Where have I spoken or acted compulsively out of old hurts rather than out of love? You know, one of the things he would warn you is how often your responses and actions come from old hurts rather than love? That's a challenging question. Then he would ask, what has God been saying and doing in my life today that I might have missed? How has he been working? What has he been asking of me? And then the fourth step is to repent. And so you begin by thanking God for the awareness of sin as a gift of his own love as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He would say that if in any of these errors, areas you have been convicted, that's the Holy Spirit and the Father. That's his loving gift to you to make you aware of areas that you need to change, the areas that he wants you to grow, the areas where his power can be manifested in your weakness. So thank him for that. And then express sorrow for failing to respond to his love at work in you. 
and then acknowledge the forgiveness and the victory of Christ in which you share as a beloved child of God. And then seek honestly to accept the love of God as you are presently with all your weaknesses. That's an interesting line of counsel. He's encouraging you not to try to pretend to be better than you are in God's presence. And he wants to lead you down a path of wonder, which says wonder at the way God constantly brings you home. And then the final step is to resolve. And in the light of the reflection on this past day, how do I now feel about the future? Am I encouraged, hopeful, grateful, thoughtful? Is there something precise to which the Holy Spirit is drawing my attention? A new resolve, an awareness of a specific need. Where do I feel fear or despondency about the future? How can I pray now for God's healing or his protection or his guidance about any of these things? And then you resolve to trust God to lead you from weakness to hope, from discouragement to joy, all through the power of Christ's resurrection. So those are the five stages of the prayer of examine. You recall, rejoice, review, repent, resolve. Now he would have his spiritual nights to go through this practice every evening. Um, I think it could be a very helpful practice of prayer, at least at the end of the week, to review your week. How do you think your life might be different if you did something like this on a regular basis? maybe a little calmer, maybe a little less anxious, maybe a little more aware of where he is working and active in your life. So hopefully, either sometime today or sometime in the next week or two, you can carve out some time to get away, to reflect and reorient and refocus. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son.